Welcome to the BecomeNew.me podcast with John Ortberg. Passage to Wisdom, Episode 28, The Myth of Mine. Hey, this is John Ortberg, and I want to start by giving you kind of a bonus word for your day, maybe even for your prayer. I was talking to my friend Kevin today. He was telling me, a bunch of other people have mentioned this, there's a series you can access called The Chosen, I think, and it's about the life of Jesus. It's supposed to be very creative, very imaginative. I've not seen it yet, but I'm eager to. But Kevin was telling me the guy who plays Jesus in it reminds him of Al Pacino, and he keeps waiting for him to say, hoo-ha, like to get to the end of some brilliant teaching or some intervention or confrontation or, you know, uh, uh, restore less respect to life and go, hoo-ha. And I was just thinking about how uh, Dallas Willard used to say at the end of the Lord's Prayer, uh, amen is a very vibrant expression of faith. Uh, May it be so. And you could actually try substituting the word whoopee if you wanted to. And so we were thinking about how good it could be to end prayer with hoo-ha. And anyway, that's just bonus teaching. That's just for whatever it's worth. Now today I want to talk to you about uh, a single word, mine. And the power that word has. How often do you use the word mine? How often do you want to use it? What are some alternatives to it? And this is a passage from Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis uh, from an older tempter demon to his nephew. And it's so rich. I'll read a fair chunk of it. Uh, Here's where Lewis starts. Men are not angered. People are not angered by mere misfortune, but by misfortune conceived as injury. And the sense of injury depends on the feeling that a legitimate claim has been denied. The more claims on life, therefore, that your patient can be induced to make, the more often he will feel injured and, as a result, ill-tempered. Now, that's worth just living for. The more entitled that you living with, the more entitled I feel, the more claims I make on life, the more often I will feel put upon and have a mindset that will be self-preoccupied, selfish, and negative. Now, you'll have noticed nothing throws him into a passage so easily as to find a chunk of time which he reckoned on having at his own disposal unexpectedly taken from him. It's the unexpected visitor when he looked forward to a quiet evening, or the friend's talkative spouse uh, turning up when he was looking forward to a conversation with a friend that throw him out of gear. Now, he is not yet so uncharitable or slothful that these small demands on his courtesy are in themselves too much for it. They anger him because he regards his time as his own and feels that it's being stolen. You must therefore zealously guard in his mind the curious assumption, my time is my own. Let him have the feeling that he starts each day as the lawful possessor of 24 hours. Gosh, let him feel as a grievous tax that portion of this property which he has to make over to his employers and as a generous donation that further portion which he allows to religious duties, to prayer, to reading the scripture, to serving and so. But he must never be permitted to doubt It is that the total from which these deductions have been made was, in some mysterious sense, his own personal birthright. You have here a delicate task. 
Screwtape goes on. The assumption which you want him to go on making is so absurd that if once it is questioned, even we cannot find a shred of argument in its defense. The man can neither make nor retain one moment of time. It all comes to him by pure gift. He might as well regard the sun and moon as his slaves. He is also, in theory, committed to a total service of the enemy. And if the enemy appeared to him in bodily form and demanded that total service for even one day, he would not refuse. He would be greatly relieved if that one day involved nothing harder than listening to the conversation of a foolish woman. He would be relieved almost to the pitch of disappointment if for one half hour in that day the enemy said, Now you may go and amuse yourself. Now if he thinks about his assumption for a moment, in he, even he is bound to realize that he is actually in this situation every day. All my time is a gift. I am a servant of God. The idea that my time is mine is a lie from the pit of hell. When I speak of preserving this assumption in his mind, therefore, the last thing I mean you to do is to furnish him with arguments in its defense. There aren't any. And we come back here to a very common theme. Knowledge, reason, logic, thought all belong to God. And if we follow them rigorously, they will lead us to God. The idea that faith and reason are opposed to each other are the opposite of how things actually are. Screw tape goes on. Your task is purely negative. Don't let his thoughts come anywhere near it. Wrap a darkness about it. And in the center of that darkness, let his sense of ownership in time lie silent, uninspected, and operative. And then this, the sense of ownership in general is always to be encouraged. The humans are always putting up claims to ownership which sound equally funny in heaven and in hell and we must keep them doing so. Much of the modern resistance to chastity comes from humans' belief that they own their bodies. Those vast and perilous estates, pulsing with the energy that made the worlds in which they find themselves without their consent and from which they are ejected at the pleasure of another. What a magnificent definition of a body. You are living in a vast and perilous estate, pulsing with the energy that made the worlds, in which you will find yourself without consent and from which you will be ejected at the pleasure of another. It is not my body is not my body. It is as if a royal child, whom his father had placed for love's sake, entitled command of some great province, under the real rule of wise counselors, should come to fancy he really owns the cities, the forests, and the corn in the same way as he owns the bricks on the nursery floor. Now again, we're talking about the word mine. Screwtape says, we produce this sense of ownership not only by pride, but by confusion. We teach them not to notice the different senses of the possessive pronoun the finely graded differences that run from my boots through my dog, my servant, my wife, my master, my country, to my God. 
They can be taught to reduce all these senses to that of my boots, the my of ownership. Even in the nursery, a child can be taught to mean by my teddy bear, not that old imagined recipient of affection to whom it stands in a special relation, for that is what the enemy God will teach them if we're not careful, but the bear I can pull to pieces if I like. At the end of the scale, at the other end of the scale, we have taught men to say, my God, in a sense not really very different from my boots. Meaning, the God on whom I have a claim for my distinguished services. And then this in closing. And all the time the joke is that the word mine, in its fully possessive sense, cannot be uttered by a human being about anything. In the long run, either our father, Satan, evil, or the enemy, God, love, will say mine of each thing that exists, and especially of each human. They will find out in the end, never fear, to whom their time, their souls, and their bodies really belong. Certainly not to them, whatever happens. So today, reflect on that word mine and how deeply illusory it is in our minds and our lives. Today, walk through life with the notion that whatever I have is a gift and then be a giver of gifts rather than a claimer of what is mine. I think of one friend that I've already talked to this morning who um, has decided to buy something that he's been looking forward to and so he decided uh, to make a gift of equal value that will benefit children in Haiti with all that's going on there. I think of a friend who is welcoming an aging parent that is facing death into their home and seeking to have a spirit of generosity. I think of a friend that I talked to yesterday who has a child that's going through a phase that's kind of difficult and is coming to figure out how do I give that child space and not regard that child as my child. Think about a friend who uh, was so thoughtful in wanting to help us in a certain way when we were together a couple of weeks ago. I think of another friend who just texted yesterday and there's an experience that he thinks that uh, a couple of members of my family might really enjoy and so he finds great joy extending the possibility of that experience to us to go through life instead of saying mine saying thank you thank you thank you here 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 that's the way to live let's go for that today Hoo-ha! thanks for joining us Receive alerts for new episodes by texting the word become to the number 56525 or invite a friend by sharing the link become